Being a Better Man, episode 153. You have just entered a world governed by personal accountability where being a man is not an excuse for bad behavior, where complaints are not allowed, whining is forbidden, and excuses do not exist. Prepare to have your thoughts provoked, your ego challenged, and your character tested. It's time for Being a Better Man. Here's your host and fellow man in the trenches, Alf Herigstad. Hey everybody, welcome to Being a Better Man. I am your host. My name is Alf Herigstad. And sometimes I like to briefly mention what it is we're doing here because there's always new listeners checking out the show and it's a good reminder for you regulars as well. This show focuses on the character of men. That's what we do. Through topic-based discussions, stories, and some guests, we put ourselves under the microscope, not just as human beings, but as men. I started this podcast because several years ago, I developed a desire to be the best man I could. I decided the way to do that was incrementally, slow, steady improvement that would stick long term, because if it doesn't stick, what good is it? As opposed to trying to reinvent myself over a weekend. So I decided that the goal would be to focus on being a better man today than I was yesterday and then keep doing that every day. So that is my personal journey, and it's the same journey I'm inviting other men to join me on through this podcast. All right, so today's topic is kind of a large, complicated one. It has many layers, but I'm going to try and narrow it down as much as I can. Before I do that, I'm going to take a minute and acknowledge the sponsor of today's show, Stumptown Kilts. I know for a fact that there are many, many men out there who have always wanted to wear a kilt, but for whatever reason, you have not pulled the trigger yet. Hey, if you want to wear a kilt, what is stopping you? Now is the time, today, and I'm going to make it easy for you. I wear a kilt almost every day, and my kilt of choice is Stumptown Kilts because I believe they are the finest, most well-designed and affordable kilts available. From the craftsmanship of rugged material to the huge hidden pocket and attachable accessories, these kilts cannot be beat. They're also adjustable to five sizes. And now, as a listener of this podcast, you are entitled to 10% off your online purchase. Just go to StumptownKilts.com and enter the code BETTERMAN, one word, at checkout to receive this exclusive offer. That's BETTERMAN. So head over to StumptownKilts.com today and check them out. Okay, so my wife sent me a link to an article about red pillars. What are red pillars, you ask? Good question. They're people that take red pills. Basically, there is a community of men who claim to have taken the red pill, like in the movie The Matrix. They claim to have disconnected from modern societal ideals about what men are, what they should be, and what their roles and functions in society are. They claim to focus on self-improvement, and they loudly complain about all the injustices that men have to endure in these modern times. It is a community that is growing quickly, and that is why I'm talking about it. 
It doesn't sound all that bad on the surface, I guess. I mean, I'm all for self-improvement, and I'm against injustice of any kind. However, upon closer inspection of this red pill community, my opinion of it quickly changes. I don't want to come off as overcritical. It's possible to be wrong about something without automatically being a stupid person. Humans are always getting caught up in things that speak to some pain that they have, but are fundamentally misguided. So this is my objective opinion about this. As I explore this red pill philosophy, I look at it both up close and then I stand back a ways and look at it from a larger view. What I really can't help but notice is that it all boils down to sex, or a lack thereof. It seems that this philosophy was born out of sexual frustration. Men who, for whatever reason, are having a really hard time with relationships or any type of intimate connections. Many of them have read books, they've done everything the pickup gurus have told them, and still they are striking out. Rather than own their failure in this area, they look for somebody to blame, so they blame society, their upbringing, the justice system. But mostly, they seem to blame women. I read a post by one guy who was frustrated because, in his words, his sexual market value was very high, and he still could not attract the perfect height-weight-proportionate, funny, intelligent, beautiful woman that he wanted. He just can't figure it out. <laughs> Could it be that he is looking at women in the same way someone would think about their ideal car that they want, rather than as a fellow human being? Is it also possible, then, that this attitude would make him come off like a giant douchebag to women instead of someone with a high sexual market value? I think so. This red pill philosophy seems to be mostly the domain of younger men, men in their 20s and perhaps 30s. So if you are in that age bracket, be especially aware. If anyone disagrees with my opinions here, I would love to hear about it. Just write me a letter and I'll hear what you have to say. In the meantime, I'll continue to break this down. When I look at this, I see guys who are having a hard time. They're frustrated, lonely, sad, and angry, and they try to do what the experts say, experts in air quotes, and it still doesn't work. Many of these men have been conditioned by a lifestyle of instant gratification. We've all heard about this, but it's really true. In video games, they can just power up and instantly increase their abilities. If they want to see a beautiful woman with no clothes on, just go to your favorite porn website. They aren't used to waiting for results. They think if they get buff at the gym or get a better job or change their look a bit, that they have powered up and will magically become more attractive to women. When they continue to be shunned, they blame the women, of course. One major flaw in this philosophy was highlighted by a comment I read submitted by a red pillar. I don't remember it verbatim, but basically it said that if you focus on self-improvement, you will attract higher quality women. When I read that, it became immediately evident to me that the message here on being a better man is the exact opposite of that. 
Here we talk about improving ourselves for the sake of improvement, for the actual purpose of being a better man, for no other purpose than to get as close as you can to your full potential as a human before you die. See the big difference there? Of course, I believe if you are being the best man you can, that it will have a positive effect in all areas of your life, including romance. But that cannot be the motivation, because it doesn't work that way. It's kind of like the difference between someone who wants to lose 15 pounds of fat because summer is coming and they want to look good at the beach, versus someone who wants to lose 15 pounds of fat because they will be healthier, live longer, be able to do more, and have a happier life. The objectives are the same, but the motivations are radically different. And it's the motivations that will determine the long-term results, in my opinion. In the red pill culture, it seems that everything is always someone else's fault. There's a lot of whining, excuse-making, blaming, and ranting all focused on the world at large rather than on themselves. These men, in my opinion, have become victims, and now they are focusing on their victimhood. And remember what I always say, the things you focus on expand. So they are expanding their victim status instead of diminishing it. There's a good chance I might have a few red pillars listening right now. And they're hearing what I'm saying, but it makes them wonder what they are supposed to do about it. They want a remedy. Here's what I have to say to them. I often use the animal kingdom as an example to illustrate points about human beings because we are part of the animal kingdom, like it or not. Animals make it easy to understand, though, because they aren't packing around all the extra baggage that humans are, so it simplifies things a little bit. In nature, which I remind you that we are part of, males seldom choose their mate. Look at the plumage of male birds. Observe the way bull elks fight. Notice how the biggest, strongest, smartest, prettiest, or healthiest male animals display their genetic advantages. While they are doing that, the females are watching. And if the female sees something that will be a benefit to future generations, then she will make a choice. Life goes on, and if she chose well, the species will move forward, having been improved. If some condition changes and females stop choosing for a certain trait, then the behavior of the courting males will change accordingly. This part of life is really all up to the females. That's neither good or bad, right or wrong. It's just the way it is. Now let's look at humans. In the past 100 years, women have come a long way. They have gone from being property and possessions to becoming actual powerful human beings in their own right. They have careers and education and opinions and rights, just like men have always had. And they still have a little ways to go. That is a change in condition brought on by societal evolution. In nature, when a condition changes, the males would need to alter their approach accordingly. But many human males have not done that. As women elevate their position in the world, as they climb the ladder of existence, 
Some men just stand on the ground looking up at them, wondering why that woman doesn't find me attractive. Weird, right? But she seems to be attracted to the man on the ladder next to her who's at the same level she is. I think a lot of these red pill guys are that guy, standing on the ground, complaining and whining, instead of just climbing the ladder themselves. That is why, on this podcast, I hardly ever talk about love life and sex and women, because if I did, I would be talking out of order. As a human, I want the best for our species. That means I really don't want women settling for men who don't deserve them, men who aren't willing or motivated to be the best man they can. We also have to accept who we are. We can't all be George Clooney. We can't all be super athletes or a millionaire. It's not realistic. We cannot all date supermodels. It's not going to happen. What we can do is all try to just be the best we can as individuals. I could never run very fast, but I made up for that by being stronger than average. I'm kind of funny looking. I made up for that with my sense of humor. I have never been a rich man, but I made up for that with confidence and authenticity. We all have to acknowledge our faults and expand our virtues. Look, if a man is truly doing his best, what more can he do? Nothing. If you are really committed to being a better man today than you were yesterday, and you keep doing that every day, you will gradually become the best man that you personally can. And if you do that, then every area of your life will improve to the highest level possible. Beyond that, everything else is a fantasy. It all starts with being a better man, just for the sake of being a better man. Well, that's all I've got for today, guys. Hey, don't forget to head over to the website at beingabettermanpodcast.com and send me your questions, comments, and thoughts about the show. I love hearing from you guys out there. Until next time, this is Alf Herigstad signing out.